Well, happy Thanksgiving. How many of you ate too much on Thanksgiving Day? (laughs) Well, the title of my sermon is, Are You Still Hungry? It seems a little odd to be talking about hunger and whether we are still hungry three days after I'm sure it was quite a meal for most of you. But the hunger I'm going to be talking about today and the food that satisfies that hunger, has, there's, it is different in kind, different in type, and different in size than the food we take in. There's been a lot of writing about consumption of food. Andy Rooney, one of my favorite comedians, uh, told us that the two biggest sellers in any bookstore are cookbooks and diet books. (laughs) He said cookbooks tell us how to prepare food, and the diet books tell us how to not eat that food. Orson Welles once said, My doctor has advised me to give up those intimate dinners for four unless I start inviting three other people. But today I'm not going to be talking about physical hunger. I'm going to be talking about spiritual hunger. That is what Jesus is talking about in our message for today from the Gospel according to John, read by Joe. But before we get into the concept of spiritual hunger, we need to look at the context in which Jesus spoke those words. At the time, Jesus had been healing people of dreaded disease and serious illnesses, turning water into wine, and had just fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. After all of that, you would think his disciples would see, you know, there's something more to this guy than meets the eye. He would have gained some credibility with his disciples. However... The crowds ask, what do the crowds ask of Jesus? As recorded in John's Gospel, they ask, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe in you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. These statements by the crowd were a reference to God's response to the Israelites' hunger as they wandered in the wilderness. As it is recorded in our first scripture reading for today from the book of Deuteronomy, read by Grace, God did provide them manna in a truly miraculous way. In making these statements, it is obvious that all the miracles and signs that Jesus had shown them, the crowd was still not satisfied with what he had accomplished, and they were still hungry for more. We have all engaged in similar conduct as that of the crowds. How many times have we gotten ourselves into some mess, and we go to Jesus and we say, okay, Jesus, I'm really in trouble this time. But if you can work out one more miracle for me and get me out of this, I promise I'll become a better Christian. 
I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll participate in a lot of church activities. I'll donate a lot of money to the neighborhood church. I'll do anything for you, Jesus. Just do one more miracle for me. When we look at our scriptural passages for today, we can begin to see that it was not so unusual for the crowds following Jesus to be hungry for yet another miracle. Now, at this point, after all he had done and taught, one could not blame Jesus if he said, Oy vey, what is it with these people? Why can't they see what I'm bringing to them? Why can't they see the message, the way? I'm just going to pack up my teachings, my healings, my miracles, and my message and go home. Well, he didn't do that. And instead, he makes some truly remarkable statements. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Your ancestors did eat manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Some say these are the greatest words in John's Gospel. But what does Jesus mean when he says, I am the bread of life? It is not enough to say simply, well, it's a wonderful poetic phrase. If we take it step by step, we can see that it becomes so much more significant to us. At the time of Jesus, bread was a staple of everyday lives. The Roman legions conquered the then-known world eating bread and garbanzo beans. In one form or another, the same is true today. Therefore, at the time of Jesus, and in many places in the world today, bread is essential to life. Simply stated, life cannot go on without it. But now we come to the big question. What did Jesus mean by the word life? The use of the word life by Jesus means more than just physical existence. True life comes to Jesus as a gift from God. True life meant to Jesus a close relationship with God. Jesus had a trusting faith based on the loving relationship he had with God. We can know and understand that Jesus is revealing God to us. Jesus has revealed the character and the passion of God. Jesus is as close as we can get to God in human form. In Jesus we can see as much as we can of God in human form. In Jesus we can see that God was a central and essential part of our lives, excuse me, of Jesus' lives, and should be a central and significant part of our lives. 
That is to say, without God in our lives, there may be existence, but not life. Without God in our lives, there may be existence, but not life. That is to say, that God is the bread of life. God brings the nurturing and the sustenance of life. The significance of the words used by Jesus for us here in this sanctuary is that Jesus was addressing the need of those in the crowd, and he was also addressing the needs of those of us gathered here today. We have all experienced hunger produced by knowing that there is something more to life than what we are experiencing. There is something more to life than we are experiencing. We have a hunger for that something more than anything, but we may not know what it is. Some people describe that hunger as a void in their lives, a void that we ourselves may have made. We may be completely dedicated to our work. We may be putting in 60 to 80 hours per week to make sure our businesses and we are successful. But the void is there. The hunger is there. We may seek to control all relationships in our lives, our marriage, our family, our co-workers, our friends, the students we learn with, and most importantly, ourselves. But the void is there. The hunger is there. We may seek to acquire possessions because they are the most important measure of our success in this world. They serve as our identity and identification of who we are. But the hunger is still there. The void is still there. One day, one day, hopefully, it will come to us that there is more to life than what we are living. What we are living may not be life at all. It may be just existence. Those thoughts may come to us as a still, small voice as we lay awake in the wee, small hours of the morning. They may come to us in the experience of the beauty and the grandeur of nature that God has created on a mountaintop, on a coastline, on the ocean, or in the vast emptiness of the desert. They also may come to us when we walk into this house of God, the neighborhood church. They may come to us when all of the frenetic activity we have engaged in ceases to be all that important. And all that activity that we've been doing finally wears down our bodies to the point where we just can't do it anymore. We've all seen that, haven't we? Where people leave extremely busy work lives, and then they retire. And then, because God is not in their lives, they realize they're not living at all. And they begin, and their bodies begin, to show the signs 
of all they've been living for before that time. However, when we do hear the voice of God calling us to have God in our lives, then we have finally come to the place where we know there is a void and a hunger within us, and God can fill that void and hunger. Then we are free to come to the realization that God is waiting, willing, and wants to fill and eliminate the void. God wants to have a deep, deep, down in our hearts and our souls, deep relationship with us. All we have to do is ask for it and open ourselves to it. We are called to ask for God to enter into our lives. Look, you've heard me say this before, but, you know, God is sitting right next to you. God is present in this sanctuary. God is waiting for you to invite God in to you. For Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. After we welcome God within us, we come to have a personal relationship with God. God is not this entity that's out there somewhere, maybe up there, out there somewhere. God is inside of us. God resides in us. Using Jesus as our guide, we can come to have complete faith and trust in God. We are no longer the center of our lives God is. We are no longer in control of our lives. God is. We no longer need to search for food to fill the void within us. The food is already ours. All the spiritual food we'll ever need to sustain and nourish us. Once we have taken these steps, we can then come to understand Jesus when he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus was saying to the crowds, and Jesus is saying to us right here, right now, that through him we will see and realize the sustenance of life, is a life filled with God. And that is all we need for true life, meaningful life. Physical hunger returns no matter how much bread we eat. Jesus is saying that God alone can completely remove the real hunger we have in our lives. And by doing so, he is directing us from the material things of life, such as work, control, and acquiring possessions, and instead to God. Jesus is saying, have God. Have God in your life. Welcome God in your life. Put your trust in God. And then... And then be prepared to receive the overwhelming blessings through God's grace that you will receive. The overwhelming blessings from God that you will receive.
That is life. That is what each and every one of us were meant for. That is a full and fruitful existence called life. Dear God, please make it so today. Amen.